Today's Skim from the Couch is presented by AC Hotels by Marriott, a modern hotel experience with a focus on purposeful design. If you have something that you truly believe in, a product, a service, a message that you feel could positively impact others, and you don't do everything in your power to market the friggin' heck out of it, you are stealing from those who need you most. The episode today is about being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, which is a term that we just learned. Marie Forleo has so many things that she's good at, and I think it's amazing to hear that she thought about it as kind of like a weakness for a long time. It was one of those episodes where I just wanted to not speak and just let her talk. We've all been in those moments where you're like, I don't know what to do next. A lot of things appeal to me or nothing appeals to me. And she figured out how to kind of take all of those feelings and turn it into a huge empire. I highly recommend the listen. I'm Carly Zakin. I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to Skim from the Couch. This podcast is where we go deep on career advice from women who have lived it, from the good stuff like hiring and growing a team, to the rough stuff like negotiating your salary and giving or getting hard feedback. We started the skim from a couch, so what better place to talk it all out than where it began on a couch? Our guest today is Marie Forleo, an entrepreneur who has built one of the fastest growing companies in the country. She's also an author, founder of Marie TV, and an impactful content creator. Her online educational platform, B-School, develops mission-driven entrepreneurs, and she's helped launch upwards of 44,000 graduates. Most recently, she has written the book, Everything is Figureoutable. It's coming out soon. Labeled by Oprah as the, quote, thought leader for the next generation. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Welcome to the couch. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. We're going we're gonna to jump into it. Skim your resume for us. Oh, my goodness. Okay, starting on Wall Street, the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. That was my first gig out of school. Super excited because I have a lot of energy and there's literally no seats on the floor. Um, but quickly disillusioned, like even though folks around me were making a bajillion dollars mm-hmm. and they were, you know, 99.9% men, um, they were definitely sexist. They were... <laughs> It was like not a really loving and supportive work environment. Um, You know, very quickly I realized that was not where I was supposed to be. This little voice inside of me kept saying, this isn't what you're meant to do. This isn't what you're meant to do. This isn't what you're meant to do. Uh, But I'm the first in my family to go to college. I come from a very working class family. I had debt after school. You know, that little voice didn't tell me what else I should be doing. So it felt a little strange to quit. But um, after a breakdown one day at work where I was literally having a panic attack on the floor because I hated it so much. I felt like I was going to crawl out of my skin. I told my boss I needed to go grab coffee and I made a beeline to Trinity Church and I just sat on the steps and I bawled my friggin' eyes out because I just felt horrible. And uh, I had a flip phone back in the day, called my pops and my pops was just like, you need to relax. You've been working since you were nine years old. I have no doubt you can take care of yourself and keep a roof over your head and feed yourself, that's going to be fine. He said, but you're going to work for the next 40 to 50 years of your life. The whole secret is you have to find something you love. And clearly this ain't it. So if you need to quit, quit, but don't stop searching until you find something you love. So that was the first kind of aha moment for me. Then I was just searching for clues about what the hell I could 
love as a career. My only two ideas in my head were that I was very creative. As a child, I thought I would either be a fine artist or an animator for Disney or a fashion designer, but I also really loved business. I loved marketing and I loved small business. My dad was a small business owner. And the idea that came to mind was magazine publishing. <laughs> that was all my mind could come up with because that's all I knew. And I was like, well, there's the commerce side and there's the design side, maybe that's great. So I went to a temp agency and like really pushed them to get me any position at a magazine. And I wound up at Gourmet Magazine. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And here's why it was awesome because I'm Italian and I love to eat. And my <laughs> desk was right outside of the test kitchen. Oh my God. Oh. So those editors were testing recipes oh, constantly. Wow. And they'd be like, do you want to try this? I'm like, does a one like a duck swim in a circle? Give me that snack. So, you know, I'm like learning the ad sales business. But then those voices came back, which is like, Marie, this isn't what you're meant to do. And I started to just feel honestly a bit broken. I'm like, why don't I want to keep a job? It's not like I have a trust fund. I need this work, but I couldn't deny that everything just felt wrong. And I thought, well, maybe I'm still too much in the number side of the business, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I've kind of starved my creativity. I was like, I know I should be on the editorial side. So I went to HR and I said, hey, is there any position at any magazine open on the edit side? Mademoiselle became a fashion assistant at Mademoiselle on the edit side. And I was like, okay, this has got to be it. I'm going to fashion shows. I'm going to learn about layouts. I'm going to be working with photographers and designers. Like this is my dream come true. <laughs> was happy for like six months, feeling myself. <laughs> And then the voices came back. And at this point, I'm not kidding you. I was like, do I have something wrong with my brain? <laughs> right. You know, it was, there was this- Who's talking to me all the time? Who's talking to me all the time? Yeah. Why do I, like, I'm a very hard worker and I love work, but I wanted to quit and nothing really made sense. And um, I was on the internet one day when I probably shouldn't have been. And I came across this article about a new profession at the time. So for context, this is 1999. The new profession was called coaching and no one had ever heard of it before. This is like kind of before the explosion of consultants and coaches and everything that we know about today. So when I read this article, you guys, something in my heart cracked open. It was like the clouds parted and there was little angel cherubs and they're like, oh, shooting sunbeams into my eyes. The logical part of my brain was like, you're 23 freaking years old. Who the hell is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? You haven't even lived life yet. You keep quitting your jobs. You're in <laughs> debt. You have nothing to offer anyone. This is the cheesiest term I've ever heard in my life. You're nuts. Don't do it. The other side of me, like my soul and my heart was like, you must do this. Like this is your thing. So that night I signed up for a three-year coach training program, kept doing my mademoiselle work during the day, going, going, going. About six months later, I got a call from the HR department of Condé Nast. They had a promotion for me at Vogue. Wow. Oh. This was my proverbial fork in the road. Like, yeah. do I stay with that steady paycheck and the health benefits and like a respectable career path? Or do I quit and do this weird ass life coaching thing that I have no idea how to start or run a business? By the way, I have no money and I'm still really insecure because I'm super young and don't have confidence yet. So, of course, I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started bartending and waiting tables and doing everything I could to earn money while I figured out how to build a business during the day. And so that was like the year 2000, 2001, before digital business was really what it is today. And um, 20 years later, here I am. I love that story. So I could listen to you talk forever. Yeah. What I find fascinating is you're sort of 
all over the place in terms mm -hmm. of your interests, but you're able to find focus within that. Like there's a zillion paths that you could take, you have taken many of them, yes. but like somehow you are able to sort of clear the weeds and find focus for yourself. Where does that come from? Yeah, so a couple of things. I want to say that I think so much of our ideas around career and livelihood are archaic and based in kind of relics from the industrial age where we were taught to be specialized and we were like kind of cogs in the wheel and showing up in the factory. And I think that, um, you know, especially when I was first starting in my career, all the success books I read told you that same piece of advice. Choose one thing, be really good at it, and that's how you, quote unquote, achieve traditional success. But every time I tried to do that and pick one thing to be, it felt like I was cutting off a limb. And I couldn't make sense of it. I would write in my journals and kind of plead to God and be like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I be normal and just pick one thing? But I just couldn't. And it wasn't until I started being real and honest with myself that I was like, I love dance. I love fitness. I love all of these things. Even after I quit and started my coaching business, when people ask me what I did for a living, first of all, I used to have so much shame and embarrassment because I didn't like that term life coach. It just felt cheesy. Second, because it felt limiting and narrow mm -hmm. in terms of who I was as a human. So to get to your question, I don't know where this came from, but the term multi-passionate entrepreneur appeared in my mental theater one day, and it was like a gift from the career gods. Wait, I've never heard the term mental theater. I sometimes, this is where our ideas or phrases, sometimes headlines, sub-email, subject lines, you name it, things kind of appear to me in my head and almost like a little bit of a download, not to sound yeah. weird, but it's just like if anyone's had a flash of insight when you're mm -hmm. in the shower yeah. or running, you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? So my mental theater popped up with- My mental theater is just binge watching Go More Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Your mental theater is like, what's on Netflix next? Um, it's like, are you still here or do you, yeah. <laughs> do you like to continue? <laughs> I love it. Um Mine gave me, I think, a gift because I was torturing myself so much and I felt so broken and just like a misfit that I didn't fit in. And so this new term, even though I made it up and it doesn't really mean anything, gave me a new context through which I could see myself. And then when people would ask me at a cocktail party, what do you do? I would roll out with this little, I'm a multi-passion entrepreneur. And people would either look at me like I'm weird, which is totally fine. I get that a lot. Or they would be intrigued and be like, what does that mean? And I'd say, oh, well, let me tell you about my coaching business. And let me tell you about, I also bartend and I teach dance. And it gave me an opportunity to see myself in a new light and present myself in a new light. Wait, so I need to, in prepping for this, I learned about the dance Wait, that's part what I was of you. Ask. And I am so... I did not know curious. any of this. Yes. MTV part. Can you go into it? Yeah. So here's how it all broke down. So out of all of the coaching work I was doing, which is legitimate personal development work, introspection, mm -hmm. working with clients, helping people really uncover what it is that they want, and then making plans and executing on how to get there. Super basic, super simple stuff that we all kind of need and want in life. Out of doing that work with myself and my clients, I was like, oh my goodness, I really want to dance. I've always wanted to dance yet I have no dance experience. So I'm going to pause. I too always have wanted to dance. I often in home alone will just like, you know, dance while I'm cooking, like take me to karaoke, give me a glass of wine or five and I'm dancing. Yes. That does not mean I have talent. Yep. Do you have, did you have talent? So here's how I like to think about it. I override my lack of perhaps experience, talent or confidence with sheer effort. 
So here's what I did. So, okay, my experience consisted of moonwalking across my mom's linoleum floor in white socks. I'd never taken a class in my life, like a formal class. But here's what I started doing. At that time, Crunch Fitness was big here in New York. And I didn't have much money, but I did have a gym membership that was held over from my Mademoiselle days. (laughs) I started going to every hip hop class I could go to. And I had so much fun and I'd never felt that alive in my life. And I'm not shitting you. Here's how it went down. My teachers, because I was what's known as the front row mafia. I was the person in the front. Oh, like, like you last were. Row, like, <laughs> well, because I... In the dark. <laughs> I had to see what was happening. I'm a yeah. very visual person. And in order to learn, I needed to watch the teacher as closely as I could. So I wasn't out of like thinking I was great. It was merely out of survival, like trying to make it through the class and to actually be near the teacher. After I was going for a bit, my teacher started asking me, like, do you teach? And I was, I literally looked over each shoulder and was like, who are you talking to? And they said, you're really good. You should consider trying out as a teacher. My ego was so in the toilet from all of the previous career failures that I was a little stunned and also just so grateful that someone thought I was good at something finally, yeah, because <laughs> I kept failing. And out of that, I actually auditioned to start teaching at Crunch. And then a producer from MTV was in one of my first ever hip hop classes that I'd ever taught solo, which by the way, I wanted to throw up because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm 25 at this point, which is over the hill in the dance world if you have no technique and training. This producer came up to me after class and she said, I love your style and I loved your music choices and we have an opening for a choreographer slash producer. Do you want to come in? What? You guys, no, I'm not kidding you. Part of me wanted to say, no, I'm not ready yet because I wasn't. And the other part of me, because I grew up on MTV, was like, you have to say yes because you're not getting any younger and what the hell's wrong with you? Just do it. So I wound up going on that audition. Even though I was terrified, I got the gig and that parlayed into me choreographing on MTV and then eventually becoming a Nike elite dance athlete and doing like fitness videos. Like if you walk into a Target or a Walmart, probably somewhere in the country, you will see my face in like a cheesy ass green tight outfit, like smiling, just like, hi, dance off the intro with Um, And there's definitely videos on YouTube. How does this then convert into how we know of you, how yeah. we were introduced to you is as a businesswoman, a multi-passionate entrepreneur to me when yeah. I like heard that, I was like, well, that's because you've built a business empire. Yeah. So um, a couple things. First of all, I think all of us have so much energy and I think the world that we're living in right now, we're so sedentary, right? We live kind of from the neck up. We have spent so much time in our screens and not a lot of time moving. For me, especially, you know, the dance and fitness part of my career, I actually think I ignited so much of my creativity and my confidence. And so this comes back to an earlier question that you asked. I had no idea how all of this was going to turn out, but I was so frustrated beating my head against the wall, trying to fit into society's idea of success. And it wasn't working for me that when I busted out and allowed myself to actually pursue various passions, eventually it all came back into a convergent point, but I couldn't have seen that in advance. We can only see it in retrospect. So here's what I mean. The fact that I have Marie TV right now, I gained a lot of confidence and skills teaching hip hop and teaching fitness around the world and doing fitness videos because I learned how to instruct into a camera. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I do was improved by all of the experience and skills I gained being a Nike athlete and understanding how to motivate people on a different level, my confidence in terms of communication, being clear and concise. All of these things kind of came together. Also, you know, I used to teach these workshops here in New York. Like I would do like a JLo inspired workshop, right? So I'd market and sell these dance fitness workshops and do email marketing. Again, this was the early 2000s before it was really a known thing. So all the things that I was doing built towards me arriving at a place where I was meeting so many, especially women, because women are a lot of the folks that take dance classes and fitness classes. My coaching clients were women. They would ask me, how are you doing this? Like, how do you have a career? And again, I was still bartending and waiting tables, so it wasn't all mm-hmm. you know, perfect. But they said, how are you earning money and seem to be doing what you love and you don't seem crazy? And I said, it's because I understand marketing. And I would try to talk to them about marketing and small business and this new growing world of online media. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I could never do that. But I have this idea for a business, but I want someone else to handle the business aspect for me. You guys, I would want to shake every woman who said that to me. That's how I started talking about business. It wasn't because I decided that I was a business mogul. It was because I was so infuriated that women that I saw who were Mm -hmm. talented and gifted and who had something to share with the world were afraid of sales and marketing and were kind of stepping back and shooting themselves in the foot. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, I need to handle this. Let's take a quick break. Something we talk about a lot on the show is balance. And we put it in quotes on our papers that we're reading off of um, because we talk a lot about work-life balance and it's not a thing. I don't think you can be completely in balance at the same time. I think if you strive for that, like you're setting yourself up for failure. It's not going to be 50-50 all the time. But we definitely try to weave in personal time. You have to take a step back in order to be creative. And one thing that really helps us with that is traveling, literally physically getting outside of your every single day. Yeah. So when we travel, we look for hotels that can make sure that we actually have me time and sort of feel like you are um, in your own home. And that's why we love AC hotels. They are beautifully designed. Um, Every hotel is designed to be super functional and also feel timeless. Uh, I personally love the European-inspired breakfast at the AC kitchen. I personally enjoy their custom cocktails in the AC lounge and bar. And as you know, we love books and they have a library with a curated book selection. They also have over 45 locations across the country and cultural hubs um, with plans to double that soon uh, and also international expansion on the horizon. So they are taken over. Visit AC Hotels at achotels.marriott.com to learn more. How did you get the attention of Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Oprah. I really believe, and there's some science to back this up, that there is real power when you write things down. When you write down something. You are speaking our language. Yes. Danielle's just like nodding. (laughs) I I am all about it. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be woo-woo. You know, there is a study by Dr. Gail Matthews where she did some research and found that you are 42% more likely to reach your goals if you just simply write them down, Mm -hmm. baseline stuff. And I say, you know, if we look at any other aspect of our lives, like if you're going to reno a kitchen, you don't just take a sledgehammer to your sink. You're going to write down the plan and create (laughs) anything we do in life. We write it down. So we need to do this with that, which is most important to us, our dreams and our goals. I had written down on a piece of paper, 
Virgin Unite like 10 years before I actually wound up meeting Richard. And I read about him because I was just devouring books about entrepreneurs who were different and people who I found inspiring because not only did they let their personality shine, but they also had a philanthropic side. It didn't seem all about the money. Mm -hmm. Money's great. We love money. Um, One of uh, my earliest coaching programs, and this is when I still did not have a lot of money in my checkbook and was living, like couldn't know if I was going to pay the rent month to month. I, I made a promise to myself. I said, I'm going to handle my money issues right now. I am going to promise myself and the world, however many people sign up for this particular coaching program, I'm going to give away 10% of the profits. I don't know who I'm going to give it to, but I'm going to give it away. Cut to sold a fair amount and I had about $7,000, which was more money than I had ever seen and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. A mutual friend of mine told me about a new UN initiative called Girl Up that was just launching. And they told me about how it was about educating um, all of the young girls around the world who don't have access to education. I was like, me, let me donate to this. This is awesome. I had always dreamed of giving someone one of those big cheesy checks (laughs) because I just was like, that would be fun. I showed up at the UN event to give them their first donation with a big cheesy chuck. <laughs> I stood on I stage it. and I cried because a lot of the young women who were going to be the beneficiaries of this initiative were there. When I stepped off stage, someone approached me and said, um, I want to know more about who you are in your company. I work for Sir Richard Branson and you're the exact kind of person that we would love to get to know better. Yeah. So it was completely organic. It's amazing. But she worked at Virgin Unite, which was the exact phrase that wow. I wrote down on a yellow legal that pad. That is so crazy. Ah, I, love I love that. that. It gives it's, me chills. Yeah. So, and then the other ones like Oprah or Tony, it was always a result of like the work. Someone found me because of the consistency of the work I was producing. Given all of this, yeah. what's the advice that you give to people that are twofold? One is for the women that you describe. They're saying, you know, I have this great idea, but I need someone to run the business side. Yep. And also for people who were like you, that don't have one interest and can't quite seem to get on a path. Yes. Okay. So we'll address the first. So for any woman listening that's like, oh my goodness, I have this amazing idea. I really want to bring this business to life, but I'm just the idea person, the creative person. I want someone else to handle the business and the marketing side. I'd say wake the F up and do not underestimate yourself because you will get taken advantage of financially. Your business may never get off the ground and you won't reach the possibilities that you're capable of if you don't really embrace the fact that marketing and sales is the lifeblood of any business, of any movement, of any nonprofit, of any idea that we want to transform society. And here's my stance on it. If you have something that you truly believe in, a product, a service, a message that you feel could positively impact others, and you don't do everything in your power to market the friggin' heck out of it, you are stealing from those who need you most. You're doing a disservice to people. And marketing and sales is a skill like anything else. It's like walking down the street. You can learn it. There's such a thing called modern marketing where the best of your humanity comes out, not the worst. You don't have to be a used car salesman. You don't have to be aggressive or pushy. You don't have to do any of the things that you think are distasteful about old school style marketing where you're taking advantage of others. Modern marketing brings out the best of you in terms of generosity, empathy, compassion, support, It just goes on and on. And so there is a way to activate the best of who you are as a person and have that serve ultimate success in your business. Oftentimes, we've seen this with 
um, people in our own lives. We've seen this with some of our employees. We've seen this with people who come to us for advice. Yeah. We've had this ourselves Yeah, where we all reach at different ages, a moment usually where we're like, I just don't know what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm not in the right thing, but what do I do next? Yes. How do you tell people where to start? Okay. So this is great. And we all hit that point and we should celebrate because it means something real good is coming. It's probably going to get a little messy and painful in the meantime. Like change is great, but transitions are a real pain in the ass. Here is a mantra that saves me time after time. Clarity comes from engagement, not thought. This goes kind of back to what we were saying earlier, where I think so many of us can spend so much of our time in our heads or just literally or proverbially sitting on the couch, Yeah. right? Well, should I or shouldn't I? And I don't know. And then you go out for Mm -hmm. drinks with your friends and you talk about it, but you're not actually doing anything to test the waters. So I would suggest to anyone listening who's like, I don't know what I want next, find one little area. It could be something small that you're like, you know, I want to go take that class. It could be a pottery class. I don't give a shit. It could be something around coding. It could be a dance class. It could be a fitness class. By the way, I think movement, any type of movement is one of the most surefire ways to open up your creative channel so that you get those ideas of what you want. So clarity comes from engagement, not thought means find a way to get moving. What happens is you start getting feedback both from the exterior world and from yourself, most importantly. They're like, oh, this is kind of fun. I didn't know this. Or some idea, or you meet someone by chance when you actually get out there and do it. In terms of just not knowing what you want at all, I think another thing that's not talked about enough is, especially for women, we spend so much of our lives trying to live up to society's expectations of who we should be. We should have a family. We should have kids. We should be doing X, Y, and Z. And so we've kind of lost touch with what we really want. And so there's sometimes there's some excavation that needs to happen there about being real between you and you. And here's a cool prompt that anyone can use, especially if you journal. Wouldn't it be cool if? And then you fill in the blank. I like that. And just let yourself kind of go nuts and go wild, like dream wildly on the page. Don't edit it. Don't care about whether or not this is practical. Just start unearthing who you are inside. You've built this empire. You have employees. You have a team. What are you like as a manager? Um, I think I'm fun as shit. So (laughs) I have taken... Would they say that? Yeah. Well, okay. I'll give you an example and then you guys decide. And then you can ask my team, actually, because they're you can find them at Team Forleo on Instagram or on Twitter, and they're honest and they're amazing. It was, I think, a year and a half or almost two years ago. We were all in a Slack channel, and we were wrapping up B-School for that particular year, and we were having kind of so much fun in the comments. And we said, wouldn't this be better if we were actually doing this with each other because my company is fully distributed over margaritas and uh, guacamole? And we were like, oh my God, margaritas and guacamole. And I was like, why don't we? And everybody's like, wait, what? I was like, I'm taking the entire team on vacation to Mexico. So we did. Can you not say this in front of us? I know. I'm like, wait, I don't want to ask you because our team is sitting behind you and they're now staring at us. They're like shooting fire. So, well, so anyway, we don't do that all the time, but I wanted to take everyone away. And here is the rule. There is not to be any meetings. Like the only thing that we can do is have margaritas and guacamole and like just kind of have dance parties and have fun. It was only three days, so it wasn't this long entire thing. Again, you guys have time in person together. My company, since everyone's split up, in-person time is pretty rare and awesome. So it was just great bonding. I love talking to you in general, but you talk a lot about um, 
actions, right? How you engage, the journaling, putting things out there. Yes. What do you actually do every day? What's your routine like? So movement for me is really important. And my my day doesn't look the same. So sometimes like I'm squeezing in that class. Sometimes I'm squeezing in a seven minute workout. I have so many apps on my phone, like fitness apps mm-hmm. that... Um, if I am like, oh, I don't feel so good right now, I'm gonna do that seven minute basic ass workout and get myself moving again. When I'm in a period of writing new material, journaling in the morning is really, really good for me because I feel like it's an opportunity to get- Do you go to an office every day? No. Um, We have a studio here in New York, which is where we shoot Marie TV Mm -hmm. and we shoot our content. Um, But like after I'm done talking with you guys, I'm hopping on a plane and going to LA. Um, I'm very, very fluid. That was one of my visions for myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like freedom, I think, is one of my biggest values. Mm -hmm. And I am like even a person that has claustrophobia. If I am in one place for more than a little bit, I get antsy. So my day usually looks like waking up pretty early. Like if I've got a lot of writing to do, that could be five or five 30, depending on what's happened before. If I need to sleep in until seven 30 or eight, fine. It's just all fluid. Having coffee with Josh and my dog Kuma, who's a little toy Australian shepherd playing ball with him. Like that's kind of my nurturing if we're both in the same place at the same time. And then it just all looks how it looks like meditation gets fit in mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere ideally in the morning, but that's not always possible. Um, working out, I would say most times it's about four to five times a week. When I was finishing up this book, working out was not happening any times a week because that was just that reality. And it was like a couple weeks and I felt like shit. And then I got back on the back, back on the train. What are you like to negotiate with? Probably um, too soft, to be honest with you. Generosity is one of my biggest values in the world. And I also don't like to waste time and I don't like bullshit. Here's how I've gotten some of my most valuable employees. Like one person came to me, um, she was a customer and she wanted to come to an event I was doing and she didn't have the funds to necessarily pay for a ticket, but she's like, hey, here's all these things that I could do for you. And she's the most amazing graphic designer who's now my creative director. I was like, oh, well, let's talk. Like, let me take you out for a drink. We went to the Boom Boom Room and then like 17 mojitos later, we're definitely working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened to me with a lot of mm-hmm. our key people where I'm like, look, I want to work with you. So let's, what do we do to make this work? Here's how I think about money. Here's how I feel about money. This is my philosophy on it. Does that match for you or no? And if no, it's cool. Uh, but if yes, let's just get this done. Mm-hmm. So your new book, which is coming out in the fall, um, is called Everything is Figure Outable. Yes. What have you not figured out yet that you're going to figure out next. Yeah. I I feel like I'm in the constant process of figuring things out in terms of how to keep my relationship as great as it can be. One of the things that I'm still working on figuring out, I don't know if we want to go here, but people probably appreciate it. Like, I just remember my sex drive in my 20s. Man, I was vicious. (laughs) Like, seriously. And building the business so hardcore in my 30s, and I just watched it go away. And I'm so fucking thankful right now that I'm getting it back, but it's still a process. And Mm -hmm. so I'm constantly figuring out, like, what does this look like? Like, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to be my version of a fully expressive woman Mm -hmm. who I am right now and what I want my life to feel like and look like? So that's one of the areas I'm always trying to play with, because I find that... 
if I get really stressed out, it dials down all of my aliveness and my libido's out the friggin' door, which mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. And I'm not saying that everyone else should want it or whatever. I'm yeah. just talking about my own personal preferences. So that's one thing. Um, and I'm constantly looking at ways to continue to support and grow the business so that I can spend more time in my genius zone, which is talking with people and creating content. I feel like those are my gifts mm-hmm. and um, continuing to give my team what they need to thrive. What are you insecure about? There's so much confidence that comes across from you and it's definitely contagious, but we all have areas that we fight against or oh, yeah. you know, demons that we're trying to work through. What What is your kind of Achilles heel in that? I think the place where I'm stretching myself right now and it's actually great because it's the book um, and it's putting me like, so I like kicking my ass into the line of fire into those places where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like, oh, no, 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 no. So one of the things I haven't done in let's see, probably like the past decade is go out and just give keynotes like a motherfucker. Like just, do you know what I mean? Like go. That goes along well with the book. Yes. Yeah. I have like the gift of focus, but mm-hmm. that's also a challenge Yeah. because the past decade I've been like so hyper-focused mm-hmm. on being in my own little bubble and have turned down so many things that the notion of going like, oh, I want to just be able to say yes to any keynote like in a minute. And it's such a weird thing because it's kind of a mind trick. My team knows I prepare so much. And they're like, if once you prepare a keynote, you're kind of off the grid for a mm-hmm. while. So that's the place that I think is like a growth edge for me. Okay. What's the thing you haven't done yet that you really want to do? Well, it's coming up and um, it is like a little nerve wracking. So um, we're doing this kickoff event Mm -hmm. at the Hammerstein Ballroom for the book. And I had this vision. So mental theater thing, right? Something popped in my head. I'm like, ooh, this is exciting. And here's how I describe it. If a Beyonce concert and a TED Talk had a baby and then threw a party, that's how I want to kick (laughs) off the book. So for me, um, creating more dynamic experiences where it's a learning experience, but it's also really fun and celebratory and uses the physical body because I think there's so much wisdom in our bodies that we're not accessing. So that's the thing that I'm like kind of moving into. That's my lab right now. That sounds great. <laughs> and you I, guys can I love that. Um, so we have one more second. Yeah. It's the lightning round. Great. So we'll ask the question. You answer as quick as you can. Okay. Ready? How do you de-stress? Uh, workout. Is there a favorite? Um, if I can dance, that's the, the best one. Or spin class because I can get dark and I can sweat and I can scream and it's awesome. What drives you? When I see other people win, I get high. Worst professional mistake you've ever made? Mm, Thinking that I could build um, a custom membership site and having no experience in tech and not good people and wasting a shit ton of cash. When was the last time you negotiated for yourself? Mm, I'm in the middle of one right now. My co-op building does not want to pay for um, a huge sewage explosion that happened in our sink that had nothing to do with us. So I am doing like Josh was like you need to go all Aaron Brockovich on her I'm like yes I do I'm getting in that email chain um who did you send everything is figure outable to first to read for feedback first to read for feedback um the person who got the very first pages was Elizabeth Gilbert wow wow why she's become a friend after I I first interviewed her and uh I just find her to be utterly magical and also brutally honest. And I really respect her. 
and she she read like the first um i think it was like maybe four or five chapters and she gave me a bit of advice that completely shaped the book and i completely implemented it in the book if we did a 360 review session with your team what is a piece of critical feedback they would say about you uh she comes up with too many ideas um and that i may interrupt them too much favorite productivity hack or tool writing out a four minute list like at the end of your day taking four minutes to write down exactly what needs to happen the next morning exactly when you need to wake up what are like the three most important things that need to get done that day so you set yourself up to the ground running first job babysitting when i was nine years old worst job um probably Wall Street in the sense that, here's what I didn't tell you guys. I don't know if I said this. There was so much kind of sexism and getting hit on. I cut off all my hair. I had a pixie cut because I thought it would make me be taken more seriously and it didn't. I was so pissed at myself. I mean, it was probably a cute haircut. It was cute, but it wasn't that cute. But it's also just, I love your hair. Thank you. And I don't know how you like have it look like that all the time. It's amazing. But I I can imagine when you think about identity and like it is such a part of when we're on, when I look at Marie TV or I look at your yeah. Instagram. Like it's a it's a big thing. It's, it's a signature. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I would say everything is figure outable. It's about how one simple idea can change your life and change the world. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts, this three word phrase can help anyone listening figure out their biggest problem or their most um, treasured dream. And more importantly, it can help them make the difference they were born to make. Okay. Everyone go check out Everything is Figure Outable. Marie, congratulations. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thanks for having me on. We love talking to you. you guys. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation with Marie as much as we loved talking to her. We had so much fun in that conversation, and we are so excited for her new book. It drops September 10th. It's called Everything is Figure Outable. We like that title. We're pre-ordering our copies now, and we've got a pro tip for you. Marie let us know she is offering free access to her five-day immersion course to everyone who pre-orders. That sounds like a pretty good deal. We've heard it's an awesome experience. It has live group coachings with Marie herself and dedicated trainers. Go to everythingisfigureoutable.com slash free gift to pre-order and save your seat in the program today. Congrats, Marie. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another episode of Skim from the Couch. And if you can't wait until then, subscribe to our daily email newsletter that gives you all the important news and information you need to start your day. Sign up at theskim.com. That's the S-K-I-M-M dot com. Two M's for a little something extra. 